Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and this is your Maxxis Tyres pre-race show for the 2022 World Championships here in Leger. Maxxis have a huge history with racing and are the tyre brand that comes to mind when you think about performance. So it's no surprise then that Maxxis have won more than any other brand in the history of World Cup downhill and EWS racing. Whatever your needs, Maxxis have got you covered with a wide range of tread patterns, casing and compound options. I've spent a lot of this year using the Asagai 2.5 Max Grip in their new XO Plus casing up front, combined with a DHR Double Down Max Terra on the back. It's a really popular combo and I find that it gives insane grip in the turns but provides great braking traction too, so you can scrub off that speed when you really need to. Maxis are giving away some awesome merch bundles throughout this season and if you want to get your hands on one then you just need to share this podcast episode on your Instagram and tag me at Downtime Podcast and at Maxis Bike and we'll choose a lucky winner. You can check out the entire range of Maxis tyres over at maxis.com and find the tyres at your local Maxis dealer. You can also give them a follow on Instagram where they're at Maxis Bike. Now, I don't know about you, but I am super excited for the World Champs to unfold this weekend on the awesome track here in Leger. So let's chat with Morzine Local and Coach to the Stars, Chris Kilmurray, to find out what to expect. Chris Kilmurray, welcome to... No, uh, no you, welcome to you. You're, you're <laughs> in my home now. So. This is true, yeah, I've arrived yeah. in Leger. Actually, well, I'm, I don't live in Leger. No one wants to live in Leger. The Morzine, well, the people from Morzine don't like Leger. There's a... There's a centuries-old battle between Morzine and Leger. <laughs> no way. So, yeah. They, they, they say locally that they come to Leger to drop their rubbish off. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> friendly? Very friendly, yeah. Interesting. Actually, but then they intermarry. All the families intermarry, and then it's all okay. All right. Or not, because then there's property battles. It's a complicated place. It's a strange world, isn't yeah. it? Local politics. Uh-huh. Too, the valleys are too steep, and the, the land costs too much, so there's lots of... Lots of fights. <laughs> strange world. <laughs> it's a strange world. Well, man, I am very excited to be here. I don't think I've ever been this excited about a mountain bike race, which is saying a lot because I generally mm. get pretty excited for them. But like Leger holds a special place in my heart. I was saying before we recorded, I did a season here back in 2002, I think. Old. Um, very old. Watched <laughs> Steve Pete take, uh, take an overall here, um, which was also pretty special. Did, in 2002, he was on a yellow-orange triple two or two 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 i think he was but did he run a skin suit for finals or did he run normal kit and the the rest of the mm. field ran skin suits and he still beat them i'm fairly sure he wasn't wearing a skin suit pretty sure that was the point wasn't it when everyone started to rebel yeah so i think ran, so. a, ran a peak and a normal kit yeah had the leader's jersey baggy flapping around it's fabian still. was in second probably, in a skin suit. probably in a skin suit and i think fabian sleeps in skin suits <laughs> and there were a lot of brit a lot of brits here and it went off yeah crazy yeah that was, it was cool that was really the beginning wasn't it this of the port de soleil it was really like yeah it's it sort of been bubbling around for a few years i guess we'd been yeah. coming here on holiday since the late 90s to come riding but there wasn't a lot of infrastructure here for riding then it was pretty limited but now like i mean from then to now phenomenal just incredible the yeah. well i kind of moved here 2008 but then officially officially 2010 and in, th- in that you know 12 years decade and a bit since it's that's the that's the real explosion yeah because when yeah. i was here first 2007 2008 2009 that time it was still infrastructure was washy uh-huh. so it was hit and miss you'd go you know one hill plenty to have some stuff and a lot all the secret stuff but super morsing had nothing yeah so you'd kind of like trek your way across to Switzerland and on the way back it was a full free ride free for all whereas now it's you know you've got the bike park in Supermorzine you've got everything that extends over to Avoria you've got the other side of us here in Chavannes Leger is just I don't think I've ever ridden all the tracks yeah so I mean, much so many yeah. yeah put it on your list if you've not been it's well Definitely, worth it yeah. and um, 
Yeah, and also I'm excited just because the state of downhill racing at the moment is insane. Like so much depth in all the categories. It's been a wicked season. Uh, most people, I guess, are on a reasonable form. There aren't many people missing from the start. There are a few sad absences. Um, it's going to be, yeah, It's it shows you how deep the elite men's field is because there is actually a lot of absences. Okay. And you're still excited as is everyone else. That's how many yeah. guys can win races or can or look good on live TV and excite people during practice. And you've got up and comers, you know, like we just spoke about Ronan Dunn as an up and comer. Yeah. And God, the list would be endless, you know, and there's so many French riders here for the home race. Like that French team was the hardest team to make this year. And somehow the French have the least injured riders this year. Normally <laughs> they have the most. <laughs> but, you know, this year there's, there's so many guys who could do, well, even get podiums yeah. uh, at a minimum, you know. And then and then we've got the unknowns. Like Loris, we're assuming, we haven't heard much, but we're assuming he's, he's healthy after his Montsanan crash yeah. or healthy enough to race. Loic's definitely going to race. Good. How strong and healthy the shoulder is, obviously no one knows. He probably uh -huh. doesn't even know himself. So, yeah, there's so many little... Little unknowns. There's a lot of amazing riders that are on form. There's some amazing riders who are a little bit less on form, but world champs, anything can happen. Yeah. And you got four days of riding here instead of three at a World Cup. So yeah, it's going to be hectic. Let's let's start off with the track. Tell us a little bit about it. Obviously, we had the the new track in 21. Yeah, last year. Um, yeah. Last year, okay, it seems like a long time ago. Yeah. Which was a pretty hectic race. We had the rain that sort of affected things to some extent, for sure. Some incredible runs put down. Thibaut de Prada took the win. Tani took the win in the women's. Um, they've made some modifications from last year's track. Yeah, quite a few. So it's, it's the same track, goes the same direction, has the same start and finish lines. It's essentially, you know, it'd be considered the same track really in mountain bike terms. But uh, straight out of the start gate, the berms are bigger and they're probably going to be all taped in. So you can't do inside insides. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of sets the tone the whole way down. There's just been a lot of work. They have a lot more time now to work on it and maybe potentially a little bit more budget. So the two main builders, um, Lele and, and Ben... Uh, ben are the two main course builders and they've been working on it you know by hand primarily mm -hmm. there's some digger work but primarily by hand for i think four months now every day five days a week the two of them just chipping away at it um so yeah that those first kind of refreshed berms out of the start gate before you get spat off the little step down and then traverse across the the ski piece like the heathery blueberry bush high speed ski piece that's that kind of sets the tone and from there down it's just lots of the old features freshened up like the, the road yeah. gap that claimed a lot of victims last year has been the french say aseptized it's been safety you know safety was the big thing there it's like it's wider the running is going to be straighter so you're going to be more lined up and, and central as you come in yeah uh, you're not gonna have to arc and turn off that off camera like you did last year the takeoff's wider a bit more mellow the landing is way wider way less knuckle on the landing far uh -huh. bigger berm afterwards so that that whole thing and then it's from there you pick up the original Leger track yeah. that Steve Pete would have won on 2002 yeah. you do two corners from that peel left across some routes and from then uh, it's new again so they've just basically brought it across a different section of the forest okay. so same place as previously but different section of, of wood yeah. and it comes across the so basically uses the terrain and comes across the terrain from a different angle so instead of going down and then across an off camber it goes under the off camber and then down if that makes sense uh -huh. so it follows that kind of trend and pattern the whole way down at the lake instead of turning right and then having that hard left, which you would have seen on TV last year, where it was real rooty, especially in the wet. It was yeah. super challenging. It goes straight into the woods there. 
and then picks up um, the connection to the bike park a little bit, you know, later on. Uh-huh. Uh, and then instead of following the bike park berms and the, and the double jumps, he goes straight across, jumps over the bike park, back into the woods, more fresh woods, picks up the famous off camera where Reese Wilson got extremely wild <laughs> in his race run last year. Yeah. And then, yeah, from there, there's more new little sections connecting up the classic kind of sections of tracks. So I think my count is probably 35, 40% new. Okay. Fresh. Interesting. And it's not been written. They've made, you know, the French Federation asked for a junior camp and an underage camp yeah. here earlier in the year for the underage riders to get a bit of experience on a world level track sort of thing, you know, and they were just refused. Even the French Federation refused. Wow. The course builders just said, nah, this is, we want this baby to be even level playing field and fresh for, for yeah. racing. So, so they, they boarded it up. Yeah. yeah. So the key sections, they just put, you know, boarded it up so you couldn't even ride in properly or ride out properly so yeah interesting cool, huh? and what are the conditions like up on the hill at the minute because it's it had been really dry right but you had quite a lot of rain the driest it's ever been yeah. i think in history of history like i never saw i've never seen plenty in the other hills around here that dry um so luckily it's rained uh, my guess it, it rained a lot you know thursday friday this yeah. week just gone uh, my guess is that yes the topsoil is going to have a nice bit of moisture in it as i told you plenty was all time today the greatest the greatest traction a man could have experienced today um i'll testify to that but i think we're looking at maybe you know a couple of centimeters of of moisture on top and then once riders get on these new sections and they start churning it up and digging in breaking points and you know cutting through off cambers and a couple of line options come in we'll see a lot of very dry dirt coming through i think okay that'd be my hunch is that we'll have that nice layer on top and then as it digs through you'll get this mix of moist dirt and bone dry stuff underneath interesting so it's going to be quite quite uh yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how it evolves throughout the week then yeah feels like for sure like, I, I know a like lot. there's a couple of weather websites i use in the locality like real real geeky ones uh, especially for ski forecasts and i think they do a, a soil depth <laughs> wetness and dryness nice and um, i don't know where they obviously take it from obviously slopes and angles and stuff at all different but you know when it's super dry around here it can be dry up to 50 centimeters down like so I think that's what we what we've got. So yeah. she's going to fall apart, is my guess. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be loose. It's going to be good. Yeah, yeah it's going to a lot of uh, terrain is going to get it, expose itself. I think. Yeah, interesting. I think so. The photos, the contrast photos from pre and post, are going to be sensational. Like the yeah. real deal. Yeah, good. And we got a lot of riders. You know, hundred and maybe not as many as some of the World Cups this year, but I think we have a hundred and twenty men, forty women, twenty junior girls, and probably eighty-ish like normal junior men. Yeah. So. It's a lot of riders on track, you know, 250-ish riders probably. Yeah, a big World Cup field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. potentially slightly touch smaller than what Lenzer Heider, one of the Central European World Cups was, yeah. Yeah. Because obviously just less people. And that extra day of riding you mentioned, so worth telling telling people that don't know the World Champs schedule is somewhat different to the uh, regular World Cup schedule that we're all used to. Yeah, so the UCI, for whatever reason and infinite wisdom that they hold, um, transplanted the old World Cup schedule. Um, so kind of pre when Rebel TV got involved and slowly, you know, changes started to get made and teams and riders want to change it. So we, we have the new World Cup schedule, which is a little bit more con- condensed and makes more logistic and sporting sense from yeah. from a, the sense of, you know, crescendo building to your race from time training, qualifying, bit of work, race day. That's mm-hmm. just how downhill should be. Whereas the old World Cup schedule was a bit kind of haphazard and had all sorts of random <laughs> random sessions dropped in. So World Champ schedule is kind of like that. You know, we have track walk tomorrow, Tuesday, for each category, so Group A, Group B, uh, women and juniors and then elite men get four hours each mm-hmm. to practice. So that runs through from 8 a.m. right through to, you know, 5 p.m. type thing. And then the next day, an hour practice window, 8 to 9 and then 9 to 10 for Group A. 
and straight into qualifying. Yeah. And then Friday is the, the joker, the wildcard day where everyone's <laughs> head just implodes because they've got three hours to practice and they don't really want to practice, but they definitely do or don't. Um, so everyone's kind of confused. And I think bodies, minds, procedures are all ready to, to peak for your race run already. Get up, wake up Friday morning, be like, right, well, I've done qualifying, so let's go. But you've got a whole day of riding. So yeah, it needs to be well planned in advance, I think. With yeah. Staff, coaches, mechanics, team managers, the whole lot. Yeah. Kind of e- easy, I guess, to like yeah spend all your tokens too early right get up to speed too quickly yeah or flounder around on on, on friday uh, i know last year a lot of the elite women didn't ride friday practice in valdasoli just because yeah. how physical it is uh cami and and Tane didn't from my recollection um some people did so yeah it's just a, just up to riders to make a plan i think just to decide what they need to do and at, looking at the the slightly longer term forecast friday night saturday there's even this afternoon, it, it clouded over and got pretty cold and pretty dark. It's after yeah. brightening up again. So it's beyond August 15th. And once you get beyond August 15th in the Alps, autumn is here. So it's classic. Temperature variations are pretty large. It can be 15 degrees in the day between night and, and midday, which means that you get air pressure changes. You get moisture climbing and descending in the valleys. So sadly, Friday practice might be important this week because it might be a bit moist. So yeah. fingers crossed it's not, but yeah. Yeah, I've seen some forecasts that suggest rain potentially during the race on Saturday, which would not be great, right? We want, no, a, fa- be, we want a fair race. We want race. a fair race, yeah. yeah. And even like the, the track being what it is, how it's how it's riding, I think a, a wet race that's only wet on on race day, even if it's wet for everyone, but it's you know slightly va- different variations of wet depending on how much it rains, how much it dries out, how much it rains, because it's still hot enough to dry out if, if yeah. showers stop or storms roll in, roll out. So that's sort of like, oh, I got a good spot, oh, I got a bad spot type thing. Is it's it's just as it's almost as bad as what happened last year. Yeah. So either all the rain or none of the rain, please. That's it. <laughs> Let's see if we can sort that out. Yeah. And um, that that qualifying uh, session is to some extent less pressured than a normal qualifying right the numbers that make it through into finals are bigger yep world cup style like we said so it's it's x world cup schedule so it's top 30 junior men um top 20 junior females uh top 40 elite women and top 80 uh elite men cool. so it's, it's a lot of riders come through and it, it just actually means that race day is a is a lot top 15 junior women uh, it just means that race day is a long day and yet again, for weather and for, for being a bit more maneuverable and adaptable to those conditions, this is not possible. Yeah, there's no room in the schedule no for them the schedule. to pull it ahead no. if they know there's a storm at half yeah, two or which something. Which is a shame. It's just, that's stuff we need to work on for the future, I think. Yeah, you know, yeah. For sure. Interesting. World Champs is an interesting race. You know, it's UCI's gold ribbon event in every discipline. Downhill suits it extremely well. It's why they've struggled so much to, to create an enduro World Champs. Yeah. Um, that's potentially part of the reason why enduro has turned to a a semi-single day format because that's the only way you're going to get a world champs is on a one day event because yeah. that's what it is for the UCI you know it's a single day event one race um, and yes it's fantastic but I think I don't know like BMX does it maybe challenger categories and that sort of different thing is potentially where we need to go uh-huh. in for the future because I think just at world champs the, the gaps the time gaps between the best of the best and the back half of the field can be quite yeah, it can be quite stark at times. So. Yes, a wide variety of skill levels on the hill. Yeah, but when we have 120 entries like we do here, it's actually potentially, you know, 80 elite men that are actually pretty good. But it's the other categories, it's elite women and uh, juniors where you can get some huge variations and levels. So, yeah, yeah. Inter- it's, it's an interesting week. You just need to be prepared for it. You need to be ex- experienced or 
have checked all the rule books and all the schedules and realize <laughs> that oh this is a different kettle of fish yeah know? my first yeah. world champ so i'm looking forward yeah, to, uh, cool. to a lot watching. more time a lot more time to mingle and mince and <laughs> you find yourself kind of with a lot of work to do and then no work for a few minutes it's yeah kind of, yeah ups and downs so. and obviously you got all the new kit the custom bikes custom jerseys all the bling all the flash it's good even for me it's nice sometimes i just like it just being trackside and be like oh new stuff yeah it's nice you to know? see eh? yeah, yeah like, it cool. freshens it all up for definitely does. for one race and yeah, makes it's it cool really for our special. sport not many sports do that yeah how many sports do yeah, it, you it's know, become especially sponsor constraints in MotoGP or Formula One and you know special liveries in those sports those sports are big a big marketing endeavor I think they have to be planned far far in advance yeah. you know for Mercedes to change color or for Ducati to change colors or whatever whereas for for us it's like once a year guaranteed you're getting something interesting yeah yeah i can't wait we'll start seeing those unveiled in the near future i'm sure i want to just reflect back a little bit on monson ann um i think finn finally showed the form that he's been threatening all all season and that i mean that was an insane win um and one that definitely goes down in the history books and meant meant a lot to finn um but it gives him a real strong position coming into this on track which i'm sure he will get on pretty well with He's on that new bike. I'm intrigued in that like relationship between him and Loic, right? Because we're in France. Every French rider is going to want the win here. Loic is a world champ specialist. He's already taken four. We know he's, you know, we know he's good at that at peaking. But he got injured. Um, at, well, I think a separated shoulder, which is dislocated. Not dislocated shoulder. Yeah. Okay. So arguably worse in terms of. Yeah, maybe not as painful at times if it's a small dislocation, but extremely painful if it's a very bad dislocation, but uh-huh. arguably a worse injury, yeah. Yeah, definitely something that takes some time to recover from. Yeah. And he's not on that bike. Um, I don't know if that was a personal choice earlier in the year or just because of injuries, he's not had the time to kind of get up to speed That on was it. the collarbone in Fort William yeah. that decided that. I think he was going to get on it, like, uh, or had been on it, um, like Finn, and I was going to race it and i think they were both given the decision uh if you if you want to race this bike you're going to race it all the time it's, yeah. it's not a back and forth type thing so the low couldn't commit to that after the collarbone injury which yeah. is which is smart you know so, so just, but yeah team dynamic there is is definitely a challenge but you could see like i was there at the finish line of monster and you could see how happy loic was for finn like even though loic was there with a dislocated shoulder and all of the the thoughts racing through his head and all the rest he was so so happy for finn i think but the whole the whole building was the whole room the whole whatever you call it the whole there was like twenty five thousand people there and it was the atmosphere was phenomenal so yeah is is the ball in finn's court yes but it's also it's not a world cup ball this is not a world cup court this is a world champs court this is different so all the balls get juggled so the ball, think, the ball you, you thought you had you don't have anymore do you think do you, yeah, do you think that the, the momentum then that you sort of can carry through part of a season mm. do you think that's kind of gone no coming not, into not for a kid like finn yeah like for potentially for other riders depending on their mindset their personality their mentalities their mental skills uh-huh. you know i often talk about with the athletes i coach you know the mental toolbox that you need to create and curate over over your career and take you know take the experience and apply the experiences and learn those micro and macro tools tool sets from different people from from a coach like me from your parents from your friends from other riders from mechanics from team managers from mental coaches or psychologists or psychiatrists if you mm-hmm. need it and i think finn's got to the point now where he's developed he works you know he works at a mental coach he he's got kevin jolie his mechanic who's always there with him he's been with him for a decade now probably so he, he's developed all the skill sets including the mental toolbox now that i i think like if if he's if he's ever going to carry some momentum or the first time he's truly carrying momentum in his career it's definitely now 
And I don't think the fact that it's world champs will stop Finn this week. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely a danger man. For sure. For sure, yeah. Yeah. And there was a few other riders that seemed to be kind of coming into a good form at the right part of the season. Aaron Gwynn, mm. definitely back. Very much a, a win-capable rider. Yep. Laurie Greenland, mm-hmm. pretty incredible result there. But phenomenal again, run from Laurie, especially considering how portions of practice look. Okay. Um, and how his seasons, you know, how it dipped after the Leo Gang loop out. <laughs> uh, when he executed when he put that time down I, I saw I saw he was I knew he was in the hot seat but I hadn't seen the time yeah. as I was doing my race day business in, in Montsenan and then I checked the times on the live timing and I was just like Jesus it was a big gap I was just like and I, then I did the math did the maths in my head from like quality times to what I expect race times to be and track changes and degradation and all the rest and I was just like fucking hell <laughs> it was just like I thought like a 310 for the win or 410 for the win like as at the very best, he'd already done an 11, whatever. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. That's all I could say to myself under my yeah. breath. I was like, Jesus Christ. And I was like, that's actually potentially maybe the win. Elliot was saying it made the commentary kind of hard because they were trying to Super sound ma- excited. It makes everything difficult. Yeah. When someone puts down a genuine heater midday like that, um, whether you expect it or not, kind of like Angel did in Leo Gang, um, you're kind of just like, it kind of kills the vibe, kills everyone's vibe, you know, with the exception of the racers left at the top because there's usually a bubble created just organically a bubble yeah. created at the top where you don't get really a whole pile of information unless you want information yeah um so yeah that was that was phenomenal so he's definitely a danger man and i think you know like like his teammate jackson who could definitely win fastest time of the day here mm-hmm. he could have, be the fastest man of the week at this place easily yeah. i think um the gradient here it's not super steep but it's gradient the whole way and i think you know that those lighter riders can just you know maximize the 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 lack maximize the fact that their braking isn't as consequential when they get it wrong type of okay, thing yeah so they just bounce and float from line to line from break point to break point from pad to pad and just bidding 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 make, make it, it look easy make it look super yeah. easy yeah and another light rider that's back on form is troy brosnan yep he, he was he was uh, he was on form post leo gang here last year and he had a enormous crash in front of me in qualifying uh-huh. so i was videoing a section of track that we kind of wanted some insight for um for race day during qualies and he literally his head landed on my feet basically and it was it was grim and i think that 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 was a tough one for him to come back from so i think it's the other way around now he's on the up he's not at the top like he was this time or this race last year so it's going to be cool to see how he goes because yeah. he can definitely he was on it in practice here last year and on it. i think a world championship win means a lot to troy like it feels like something he's been chasing for a good while that yeah and judging by how he he rode in um in montsenan and how he's kind of how he's in snowshoe last year that second race he got he got well beaten comprehensively in the first race by uh-huh. his own admission and he, he really just risked the biscuit in the second race so i think that mindset now kind of he's not the, the end of his career but twilight portions of careers you know i think that mindset's just like oh fuck it let's, let's roll just, the dice yeah let's just there's a, if there's if i can roll the dice an extra couple of turns and see what see what i get might as well you know so i definitely think that's that's potentially Let's see. And that, that's what World Champs is kind of all about. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. yeah. And, Exciting. And a, another rider that's uh, that's on the confidence wave is Bernard Kerr. Yes. A couple of podiums in a row. Again. He's got so much wave. He could lend, he could lend, sell some. He could, <laughs> he could rent some wave out. He's got, he's got more than enough. <laughs> now you subscribe to the YouTube, you get the code for the wave. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But this, again, it's a technical track. It's yep. fairly steep. Yep. So it's a place Bernard could go well. Yeah, totally. No, I think Bernard's in the process of, of, He's got the experience, guy. The dude's been racing for, for 
decades it yeah, feels yeah. like he's been racing for a long long yeah. time now he's developed experience he, he's got that innate ability to read a track he's got all of the skill sets any rider would ever need you know a phenomenal bike rider full stop um he's gelled with his equipment loves his equipment um so i can't really see yeah, nothing to hold him back huh? nothing and to hold him back so what about mr minna he was he was very much on the pace in Montserrat until that, yeah, a that huge, incident. Yeah, a huge missed opportunity, I think. You know, him and his mechanic, Lyle, who, who I know very well, um, were pretty bummed by... They're just, you know, it was a missed opportunity. Just yeah. a, an awkward, silly mistake. Luckily, he got away with it, didn't get injured because it could have been bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but a missed opportunity in, t- in terms of his position in the overall yeah. for next year for protected status and yeah. all those sorts of things. Even though we don't know actually how that's going to roll out for next year yet. Um, but... Uh, is he a one-day specialist? No. Is he an everyday specialist? Yes. He's just a man who elevates. Like, it's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, he's been, he was on plenty more than me this week. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I was up there quite a lot. So, yeah, he's putting the work in. He loves it. And uh, funnily enough, you know, we spoke about that, you know, harnessing the potential energy that the lighter riders can do. They can constantly skip yeah. down the gradients and then, you know, slap your pads or hit your braking points and just continuously like pop and gap and bounce your way down the hill, it seems, you know, Jackson mm-hmm. and Laurie especially. Um, Greg, same bike, very different body shape. You know, he's he's the tallest man with the exception of Flo Paillet. I think yeah. he's the tallest man out there and he's definitely heavier than Flo Paillet. And in Val de Soli, he took, took a similar approach last year to the lighter riders in terms of skipping his way down the hill. But he's it's a different kettle of fish for him. So he was on the limit of, in my opinion, from what I saw at trackside, he was he was on the limit all yeah. week long. Yeah. There were some moments I saw where, like, lucky the bike was as long as he was because he was gapping things that shouldn't have been gapped, you know. <laughs> and I think that that's going to be a similar approach this week. So yeah, yeah, and always a danger, man. Yeah, for sure. And there's it's flatter here now. It's like it's going to be time wise. It may not be a touch longer. Maybe a, a little touch longer. Um, but takes less steep pitches and has less tight corners okay. as a result. So it's more flowy and has the potential for higher average speed. It just, yeah. from what I've seen, it just looks fast, like super fast. You know, there's bike park that kind of skirts around it, which I've ridden as the boys are building on it. There's an access road where you can climb up and see portions of the track and stuff. And to me, it just looks like it's going to be fast. So I've got to like my hour, why not? You know? Yeah, carrying speed. He's pretty good at that. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about the women. So Valley took the win in uh, mm-hmm. Mont Saint-Anne which again has got to be good for the confidence. Um, Miriam had that issue. She kind of blew a tire off the rim, I think, and yep. didn't make it down the hill, certainly not in a kind of racing time anyway, unfortunately. How, how do you think the kind of the momentum stacks up there or it? Yeah. Like that, that category feels pretty open for the yeah, win. Phenomenal though. Strange, like yeah. super strange. It doesn't have its, doesn't have its anchors as it has, as it has in the past. And, and uh, Miriam, Miriam is one of the anchors in the category at the moment because she's the fastest. Yeah. But Miriam's done a phenomenal amount of crashing and mistake making this year. Uh-huh. Um, and still in a strong position in the overall regardless. Yeah. And has some wins. Cammy is probably the other anchor in that she's just that consistent and is getting better and better each week. Yeah. So the consistency is getting multiplied by a little bit extra speed, a little bit extra experience and all that. So they're kind of your two... Your two anchors, uh, Cammy's obviously got a broken collarbone. She might race this week, she might ride, we don't know. Um, I can't see her being in a position to, to win personally, uh-huh. knowing the injury, but I, I'll happily be proved wrong. Yeah. Um, and it's a tough she, injury to come back from for a downhiller, you know? Yeah, and would she take the risk of trying to win a world championship here when she knows that she just needs yeah. to be healthy for Val de Sol, right? No, I suppose, like, 
to be totally honest, that would hinge on how it feels. If she does want to ride here this weekend, it actually feels safe and, and comfortable and confidence inspiring, then why not? Yeah. You know, roll the dice. But like you said, like there's an overall on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cammy's super fresh in the sport and doesn't really, I don't know if she has any attachments to titles. You okay. know what I mean? I, you know, I, I, I don't know. You'd, you'd have to ask Cammy and see yeah. What, yeah. what does world champs mean to her? What does the overall mean to her? How do they relate to each other? You know, super tough one. Though. But I think they're your anchors, Miriam and Cammy for now. Because Valley is phenomenal pace, but has been super up and down. And she'll tell by her own admission as well, yeah. you know. But maybe she is figuring it out now. And often we've seen this over the years in, in the elite ladies category that it takes other riders to sit out a race or two for the potential next fastest to just realize that oh, I don't have to ride my brains out to win <laughs> these things. I can ride just, I can execute a clean run, a quality run, take some risks where it's safer to take risks. Yeah. You know, wind it in a little bit where it's, where it can be wound in and I can still, you know, keep momentum, carry speed and I win the race. And that learning experience, even from one or two races and it, was, it happened for Tani, that learning experience was enough to be like, ah, this is how it feels. This is how it's done. Yeah. I don't actually have to go over my limits or this is what under my limits feels like, looks like, and that's what the result is on the clock. Yeah. So yeah, so maybe Valley's already, maybe she's cracked it now. Maybe she has cracked it and that's that. So We'll see. Yeah. Do you think we could see any of the other kind of names that we often see in the mix, like Eleonora Farina, uh, Monica Rasnick. Millie went well here last year, right? Yeah, Millie, the fastest sector five across the, the ski piece, must have no braked. I think she no braked it. Whereas the other, all the other girls just did what I do and you do is just dab your brakes. Yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't know what Millie, but Millie basically yeah, came off the last jump and across the, the ski field and tucked yeah. the whole way to the Fair next play. jump. And she pulled in, she pulled in like, I can't remember what the stats were off the top of my head, but she pulled in 2.8 seconds in the sector on Tani. Whoa. Phenomenal. It's huge. Massive. It's not like, even, and it's not a long sector. Nah, like 30 seconds or 28 yeah. seconds for the women or something it was. Phenomenal. When when you when the stats got laid out, yeah. I, did, I did the graphs and the stats and everything else. It was just Millie just existed on her own at the edge <laughs> of the at the edge of the Excel, you know. So yeah, phenomenal. Um, what's the reality if you look at the the, the stats, the form, um, the actual results, the data? Yeah, uh, th- there's a big gap between okay. Valley, Cami, Miriam, and Nina's right there when she can be, but she's been kind of inconsistent at times but yeah. I think if you're looking for a dark horse or this race it's Nina Hoffman for me okay for sure you know, when she gets when she keeps the thing pointing in the right direction it goes well yeah so yeah when she's so, on good form yeah, and feeling good and, really really good yeah and, like mm. phenomenal so uh, but then Valley knows she probably has more in the tank but now she's felt what a win feels like probably not using all of the tank yeah so how do you gauge that how do you what, how, what, what depths of the reservoir of the tank do you dig into just to solidify a world champs win you know I don't know. This, these are the questions that racers need to answer. So yeah, it's tough, we'll, isn't it? We'll find out. Yeah, we'll find we'll out. Find it's going to be exciting because even when you, when you lay it out like that, the two of us chat about it. You know, okay, the anchors of the category. Miriam's in a weird spot uh-huh. where she has the overall to win. She's the fastest, but had crashes a lot. Yeah, had some weird issues in Montsinan. Cami's got a broken collarbone. That's just the realities. Um, but still, actually, it's quite interesting and exciting. And yeah. we are. We you know we're missing. We're missing Tani. We're missing Marine. Marine might ride this week. She might not. So yeah. It's it's a mad uh, watch this space. Yeah, totally. Like yeah. you said, Monica Harasnik, Jess Blewett. Yeah, Jess. Of Millie Onset. Yeah, yeah. There's so many girls that could put the yeah. well. I think the win, not that it's out out of their reach, but to be honest, a podium and a medal is, is more likely. Yeah. Considering the results for the rest of the year, you know, Eleonora, Millie, uh, Monica, Jess Blewett, and for I think for anyone to getting a you know a medal at World Champs is it's a good day out. 
So it's <laughs> yeah, cool. I'd say that. Yeah, it's, a, it's a good day. And it's going to be cool to see who who finds that world champ spark and just goes, ah, oh, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Out of the Starcade. Dice, dice down the Starcade. Let's yeah. go, you know, and Here see what happens. Go. Yeah, it's going to be cool. They're the runs that we like yeah. to watch. Totally. And then junior men's, we've had the year-long battle between Jordan and Jackson, which Jackson has managed to sew up now, I think, mm-hmm. off the back of some really consistent, incredible riding. Phenomenal. And Jordan having some issues in uh, snowshoe, snowshoe, I think yeah. it was, that put him back a bit. Yeah. Um, so Jackson's riding with no pressure. Like, he doesn't need to be at Val de Sol. He's got the overall. That's got to put him in a really strong position. Yeah, super strong position. I think he, he'll probably like that. He'd love to uh, double up again overall and, and rainbows yeah. for his, his last year in juniors, but it's not it's not necessary, let's say. Yeah. Um, I'm just excited to see what all of those boys do. <laughs> yeah. All of the, the top half of the junior field. Really, really excited to see how fast they go in comparison to the elite men, you know, how they look on track. And it's an f- extremely exciting category for the future of the sport. It's cool, huh? Yeah. And there's even, there's there's, there's other kids, if you're, oh, Monsanam was phenomenal for the Canadians. I think they had eight juniors in the top 12. Jeez, that's impressive. Yeah. You know, um, so there's some there's some depth there and they're all egging each other on. And across the board, there's just fast kids coming through in the, in the junior men's category. So it's cool to see. Yeah. Good to see who's, who executes well, who doesn't, why, and how their time stack up against others in the category and the elite main. And it's phenomenal. It's cool. Huh? Yeah. Looking forward a lot, to A lot it. of support, a lot of, lot of riders with some support, even the riders that don't have factory support have good support. Yeah. And there's the Colombian kid, Sebastian, who's had a, a podium now and a, a few good results. And he's got pretty okay support considering he's coming from so far away. And there's lots of kids like that that are getting, you know, even if they don't have factory support, they're getting what they need to, yeah. to put a race run together, to keep a bike running, to, to go racing. And Good it's cool. position. Yeah, it's yeah, cool definitely. Good for the sport. And then in junior women's, again, we've had that battle pretty much between Gracie Hemstreet and Phoebe Gale. Mm-hmm. You look after Phoebe through yep. the FMD side of things. Um, it's been pretty close with them throughout the season. Gracie's still got the lead in the overall, I think, and picked up a Red Bull helmet deal uh, in Crankworks a week or so ago, which has got to be a good confidence boost, I guess, a bit of extra su- support and uh, some media attention, which is which is cool. How's Phoebe approaching this? Because obviously that overall battle's still playing out. It's still to be done. Yeah. Where where do you think their minds are likely to be this week? Um, I don't know where Gracie's mind is. She was, she was carrying a, a separated shoulder injury for a little bit, so that uh-huh. obviously was nagging at her. So I'm, I'm hoping that's, you know, healed or as close to healed as it can be so we can get a, a good, honest battle going. Um, I think in, in Phoebe's case, knowing knowing Phoebe as well as I do, it's it's take each race, each, each race as it comes and plan and prepare specifically for the, the race ahead and not really worry about much beyond that, which is a good a good way to approach it as a junior, I think. You yeah. Yeah. The ball's in, in Gracie's court for the overall. Um, it's nice to win overalls in the junior category, but it's not like an elite overall, so whatever. Yeah. You know, do, do the work and try. Try yeah. and win it, but if you do, you don't. If you do, you do. Whatever, yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty happy. I think this race is going to be a cool battle for for both of them. I think this is, it's got the extra day of practice. It does come in a little bit more clout as a junior than the overall does. Yeah. Um, and the point system for the overall in the World Cup for juniors is, is pretty it's pretty skewed. Like you have one bad race like Phoebe or Jordan's had and you're almost out of the running yeah, already. Okay. The way it goes 60, 55, just disappears to nothing. Yeah. The points are weighted oddly. So uh, the points really, really benefit winners more than anything else. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think just take each race as it comes and just battle it out. And Isabella Yankova is definitely on the rise too. Her splits, her sectors, her 
overall riding and everything else in Monsanto was super impressive. Okay. Super, super yeah, impressive. Yeah, she struggled so. a bit this season to kind of yeah. get to where we'd have expected to, to change, see it yeah. and where she expected, I think. You know, everything changed. Yeah. Literally yeah. everything. Yeah. I think you set up. The only thing that didn't change was the drivetrain, the derailleur <laughs> and the chain. You can't even feel them, really. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the, the team set up, uh, still studying, still in school. Yeah. Uh, totally different suspension, totally different bike, different con- different material of frame, the whole lot. The whole a lot thing. of work. A lot of work today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of work. A lot, a lot of work that an elite rider would spend many months dialing in. And a second year junior that has support but doesn't have, you know, a mechanic at home and, yeah. and data acquisition. Yeah, and he's still going to school. Yeah, exactly. Look how, long, yeah. look how long it's taken Finn to get himself to where he is. Yeah, yeah. So you can't, you can't expect miracles sometimes. So, But it's really cool to see Isabella climbing back up there. And Jenna Hastings, who rides for Pivot on Bernard's team. Yeah, yeah. She's always, you know, she's a little bit back on on Gracie and, and Phoebe's pace, but she's she's been there. She had a hand injury, a thumb injury recently, mm-hmm. so she didn't race Montserrat, but she's right there too, you know, podium potential and can and kind of throw the cat among the pigeons for the rest of the girls when she rides well, rides sections well, rides sector as well. So nice, it's, cool. it's a good category, yeah, yeah, exciting stuff. Cool. Uh, like for me, at the start of this season, World Champs, Leger, French soil, it had French win written all over it. You know, the French had been incredibly dominant. Um, but actually, like the way this season's panned out, it sort of feels like the French are on the back foot a little bit. There's there's injuries there, like Loic, Loris. Yeah. Amory's potentially got the overall on his mind, although he's pretty no. good at just going all Amory, in. On. Amory's got rainbow stripes on his mind. <laughs> okay. That's what Amory has in his mind, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. So sure. he's not bothered. I think the overall, not that it's wrapped up, but it's it's like you couldn't write the story any better if you if you tried to write the story any better. He Finn is 249 points behind. Yeah, yeah. So Finn has to win finals. There's yeah. 250 points for finals in Valor Soli. Finn has to win finals. Amory has to, already there needs to be 61 people or more yeah. in finals. So that means someone who's protected uh, uses their protected status to get into finals. Right. So 61 riders or more. And then Amory has to basically not cross the finish line. Okay, so it really is mathematically... Yeah. He has to get top 16. Yeah, yeah. So it's, the ball is still in Amory's court, yeah. essentially. But anything can happen, especially when you ride a bike as hard as Amory does. Yeah. So, But I think, honestly, if you're looking for a, Frenchie, a French rider at home here that wants to put a, a feather or a bow or a ribbon, however you say it, into his hat that he doesn't have, it's Mr. Pierre on this week. He remembers, okay. he remembers how good 2019 felt. Yeah. You know, singing the Marseille on the podium here in Leger after putting down that run he did in 2019. He's just going to channel every last bit of that energy this week. Yeah. You know, so it'll be duster buster. Gold, gold or buster, than how you say it. Yeah. Well, if you dig back into the history books and look at the medal tables, the French have got a pretty strong history of winning world championships. They know how to do it. Yeah, phenomenal. So 14 men's gold, admittedly seven of those are Nico Vulios, yeah. which in itself is insane. Mm-hmm. 16 women's golds. Wow. Um, which Most of them are Ancaro. Nine, nine yeah. of those are yeah, Ancaro's. Yeah, yeah. Miriam has two. Yeah. Uh, Lowit's got four. Um, they are very, very good at winning this event. Phenomenal. There's a lot of passion yeah. in there. Talk us through a little bit about that, the French setup because they always bring a pretty big, a big team. And I guess w- worth mentioning, we race here sort of in nationality teams. Yeah, kind of. But kind of with your own team. Yep. So there's a support network from your nationality that isn't necessarily or isn't normally at a World Cup. Yeah, so national federations, depending on who they are, you know, impose weird rules and and or just give support, depending. And most of that will come as trackside support or potentially physio and, and that sort of, you know, health management stuff on, on the sidelines. Um, some of the national federations make riders stay in their accommodation, not in the team accommodation, just because bureaucracy, I suppose. <laughs> um, but the French historically put a, put a pretty good... Um, put a pretty good analysis 
team together and then you know the the riders will have to go to the meeting every night and do yeah. the analysis and everything else so yeah I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's uh, you know chicken or egg situation uh did nico Vulio and other you know phenomenal french racers you know from the beginning of the sport win world champs because the french put a focus on it or has the focus come from the fact that there's been lots of wins i, I think it's a probably a touch of both yeah um i think the federation the french federation like the rainbow stripes you know it's it's cycling is a huge sport in the country because of the tour de france yeah um oh, so many people from around here you know will watch any sort of cycling on tv even if they don't ride bikes themselves they're uh-huh. just like oh yeah cyclocross oh look at that oh she's french i like her so that that sort of mentality is there so i think that's potentially why the, the french have such a a special place in, the, in their hearts and their organization mm-hmm. for world champs so they just throw the kitchen sink at it you know yeah. and whether it helps or it will help some riders in the team it won't help others others just want to keep their world champs their world cup process and procedures normal yeah. others will just dip in dip out others will just take wholeheartedly take the, the federation support if it's on offer and the french federation do do a fantastic job they, they hire or bring in um current world cup riders who aren't qualified Okay. To do some trackside analysis, video or help out, or ex former racers, yeah, as well. So then there's a rapport element. They're like, well, Bruni's going to trust Flo Paev because he knows Flo and he knows yeah. Flo's a fantastic rider and has good experience and that sort of thing. So Flo's trackside, you know, it's it's a trusted source of of information from a peer essentially, not from a coach or someone else. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they, they put in they put in a, a good system in place, um, and I think it's just that you know what why it was just so many good British riders for so many years. Yeah not primarily but a huge chunk of that's because of steve pete yeah because you just you see as a younger writer that it's possible to be a superstar to make a good career for yourself and i think that's how the french thing has gone you know Vulio passed the torch to barrel and caroline chausson passed the torch to sabrina Jeunier. the torch just keeps getting passed <laughs> yeah it's crazy huh? it does torch. it is crazy yeah. but it's currently now the torch seems to be a little bit slippy because <laughs> there's just so many people that can win races you know yeah so yeah crazy huh? it's, I'm, I, I, it's exciting the more we talk about it the more we kind of lay it out and what it's going to be and how it works i think yeah it's exciting it's going to be insane and we're expecting a pretty crazy crowd here come the weekend i've heard right? some number some fella some guy on plenty said to me did it eighty thousand. no and i was way. like eighty thousand over the weekend my man probably not the, the media deck that they sent out said one hundred and fifty thousand over the, the whole event week. so the event. i assume yeah. that's the week yeah yeah that makes sense yeah i think yeah. forty thousand on race day would be a good estimate if everyone does come out yeah i think like if the weather stays stable you could line half the track five deep with people you know, it's fun. even last year here for for practice day was ridiculous. So, and if you, if you take an event in France like Lourdes earlier this year, it was in March. Lourdes is a pretty big town, but not the whole town's into into you know mountain biking that event. And it's uh, it was a single header, it was just downhill. So yeah. It's always smaller than than an event like this. But we still had guts of twenty thousand people by race day. It was mental. Insane. You like you, you could barely like a trackside race morning. I could barely talk to some of the riders I was coaching <laughs> because there was just so much noise around. You know. Wow. So. I think that's what we're in for here as well. That multiplied, and obviously you got all the all the holiday makers, all the riders, and all the the, the non riding holiday makers that are here. Yeah, because it's the it's just the end of French holidays now. It's the last kind of week before school starts up and stuff. And Morzine's still super busy, so I can I'm excited. The more the more fans, the better. Yeah. So if you're listening to it and you're humming and hawing, don't hum. Get down in. Get here. Yeah. Make get some in. noise. Bring just, noise yeah. making equipment. As far as I'm aware, it's free. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You can't close a town, so yeah, yeah. 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 just free for all. Done. in the bushes and there's no restrictions as covid's done and dusted it looks like so let's 
just get wild perfect yeah bring the noisemakers to the woods and just get after it please <laughs> let's do it yeah right thank you man i'm even more excited than i was before i sat down yeah, it's gonna be good um so yeah let's get a week of racing under our belts and see how it pans out yeah track walk tomorrow so i'm excited nice one right. cheers chris cool. bye-bye see ya All right, that's it for this episode with Chris. I really hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to watch what will no doubt be an incredible race over on Red Bull TV this weekend. A huge thank you to Maxis for supporting this season and making it possible for me to be here. Maxis have incredible tyres for you no matter how or where you ride. So head over to maxis.com or visit your local Maxis dealer and check them out. I've been using their DHR Max Terra in the back and the Asagai Max Grip in their new XO Plus casing up front and it's a combo that's been working super well for me. So why not check it out for yourself? All right, here's a few other links that might be useful to you too downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe so you don't miss an episode forward slash shop to support the show by getting yourself some merch and forward slash ep if you'd like a copy of the first or second issues of our lovely print project downtime ep as always spread the word and make sure as many people as possible are listening that's it for today but until next time get out and ride (laughs) 